I'm having a blast. This is fun. I'm, out, I'm laughing with you, of course. I love that. So welcome, welcome to today's episode of the Dreamers Succeed podcast. Guys, this is, this is going to be a real fun episode. We already started off on the fun foot. So I just want to let you know that I am so excited about today's show because if you don't already know our next guest, you are in for a real treat. S.J. Berricone is offering trusted education advice to families, individuals, and workplaces around the nation. He is the founder of SBSL, an educational solutions provider. We're going to learn more about who he is and why he's so passionate about bringing trusted education to everyone he meets. Please help me welcome SJ. SJ, hello. <laughs> well, hello. How are you it doing? Is- it's, it is a pleasure and a privilege to be um, what your guest today, and I am so thankful for this opportunity, and it is my stated goal to bring endless value to whoever downloads this episode. I love that, and I am so excited that you're here, SJ. We, had, we actually met through a mutual friend, uh, Allison, a couple of weeks ago. We had a great conversation. I, I think, SJ, when we spoke, I was sitting at a coffee shop in in Tennessee somewhere and I just could not I was like laughing the whole time it was it was amazing we hit it off right away and and here we are so I for one am super excited because I know that you're busy SJ I know that it's a crazy busy time of the year and you're being pulled in a million different directions so I just want you to know that I am so grateful that you have made the time to to spend some of it with us today um, absolutely, because here's something that's very important. It's always important to be able to lead yourself through your day. I refer to it, not just me, but I'm sure there's other thought leaders out there, as time leadership. We're going beyond time management here. Right. We're saying that you need to have self-leadership and lead yourself through your day. And one of those key components is being able to prioritize. And one of my biggest priorities is to serve and solve and this gives me another form and an avenue to do so. So it was my pleasure. That's, that's amazing. I love that you said that. And, and because you said that, I want to I just ask you off the bat because I know we didn't get too much into it in our conversation. But what I do know I think is important. And I, and I don't want to just take for granted that everybody out there knows what that is. So can you just share with us what you mean by trusted education advice? Um, Absolutely. Uh, The first thing I'll ask, and I think the human brain responds better to visuals and images, is to, if you are listening to this episode, is to close your eyes and imagine that you are drinking your favorite cup of tea, whether it is hot tea or iced tea, and then associate that to the answers that I'm about to give to the question. First of all, tea is meant to be refreshing, whether it's, again, hot or cold. So the advice that you receive in your life should be that type of reaction metaphysically as well as physically as you drink it and also mentally and emotionally. So trust is a topic that's been talked about for years and years, and there's probably not a whole lot I can add to that imperative interpersonal life skill. But when you combine it with education, 
and then you just the concept of offering advice to people, you now have a pretty potent three letter acronym. So it basically means for me is to say that whether you are a business workplace, you are an individual, you're a family, you should be able to count on me to provide you information that in the form of advice that is additive to where you are on your journey. So it's adding the value. It is coming from a perspective of identifying a problem and then immediately offering a solution. And it's also including these other key soft skills of empathy, of persistence, steadfastness, um, the ability to synthesize information, and of course also be able to challenge some of your assumptions. You probably have some assumptions about what education is and what advice is. Mm -hmm. So that is the holistic view of what I believe trusted educational advice or T is. Beautiful. And you can now open your eyes if you haven't already. <laughs> Beautiful. And I love that, that number one, that, that example that you gave, but really simplifying it into, into something that we can always refer back to. What is the difference between just the things that you're hearing out there and really getting something that, that you can trust? So SJ, how did your, how would you say your passion for this got started? Great question. Thank you. It was a series of phases or stages, and I, because of, because of time, I won't be able to get too deep into things, but I'll give you folks the proverbial flyover. I would say the initial strike of the match was me coming out of my conventional college experience, which is not to say it wasn't valuable. I am a graduate, for those who end up listening to this, of a university called Ohio Wesleyan, OWU, and I have nothing but good things to say about it, except to say that like a lot of other colleges, there was a couple key missing components. And the passion, the, the match was struck when I realized that the credential I had received, even though the university is very well regarded, did not provide enough to convince that next phase of your life. In my case, I wasn't yet entrepreneurial, so I was pursuing a conventional W-2 job. It was not enough to convince them that I was what they were looking for. So that struck something in me. And it's like, wait a minute here. I just put four years of my life into this. And now I still haven't closed the deal per se. So that was the first piece of the answer. Then the next came a number of years later, I was in an industry called telecom. And I remember asking a question of someone who was higher up in the proverbial food chain than me mm -hmm. in the hierarchy. And I asked, well, how else can I get ahead inside of this organization? And she was not able to convince me, nor do I think she convinced herself that what she had done, which was an MBA, was a guarantee of anything. Wow. So then that made me question, well, wait a minute here. That's the second challenge to a conventional credential in my mind. Mm -hmm. Then another 
key flyover moment or moment of clarity was reading a number of books over about a three to four year period. I will give some brief references by titles and authors. The first was a book called A Thomas Jefferson Education by a gentleman named Oliver DeMille. Mm. I also read Dumbing Us Down by John Taylor Gatto. And then the last book I'll reference for the purposes of time is, and actually it wasn't a book, although it qualifies one, it's a manifesto on the internet called Stop Stealing Dreams by Seth, by Seth Godin. Wow. So these three resources over about a three to four year period were the next key items of clarity. It's sort of like you see those cartoons or those memes on the internet where someone mm -hmm. has this big thought bubble and maybe it's blowing up above their head. Mm -hmm. That is exactly how I felt. So when you combine all those together, I realized that something had to be different in order for people to really be successful and significant in their professional, let alone their personal lives, rather than doing the same old, same old, which is what I had been taught through osmosis and or um, more consciously over the years. So that was sort of the very, very early genesis before I was able to enunciate it of T. So there's my answer and it has multiple parts and hopefully that all was able to be visualized by your audience. Yes, and, and absolutely. And, I, and I, I see it, it makes so much sense. And it's those aha moments like what you're describing that really sort of validate, you know, you might have an inclination to something and then something comes along and just validates it. And then you have the inclination grows a little more and then you have something and, and you've really been able to, because when we were having our conversation, you talked, we talked about the, the future of work, the future of education, the future of education in the workforce. And I know that you are a futurist. So, and, and, and really about the importance of organizations now more than ever to be prepared from an educational standpoint. And I'm not talking about traditional education, uh, to be prepared for the changes that are coming. You know, this year was a big sort of shake everybody um, out of their seats uh, with, with what we've been through with the pandemic. But even on a greater scale, it's the future keeps coming at us. And it's something that, that we need to be prepared for. So can you elaborate a little bit for me, um, please, on the importance of of, of, of what that means to a workforce and, and the preparation of, 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 of what they need to be doing or they're not doing. If you can give three things maybe that you're seeing out there organizationally that people are just not doing that they need to start paying attention to right now. Three things that an average organization is not doing. Great question. First, they are not looking at their workforce development, their hiring, their promotional, their rewards and compensation. They are not often looking at them through the lens of lifelong learning. Hmm. That needs to change. And I would contend to you that it needed to change years ago. Wow. But if anything that COVID has taught us is there's never too late. 
So let's use this opportunity, you know, let's use this crisis, if you will, as an opportunity. So that's the first thing is you should align your organization to not based on credentials, but based on lifelong learning and the pursuit thereof. Second, there is too much focus on hierarchy and too much focus on conventional measures from the industrial age in a very much different world, let alone now 10 months or so later from a pandemic than even two years ago, five years ago, 10 years ago. So we need to be looking at organizations so we can align education and work in the future. We need to look at it in the most agile means possible. That not only means distributed workforce, maybe through a concept like holacracy, but it also means you need to look at it through not experience, but how are people performing and are they a better version of themselves this week than they were last week? Are they mm. better now than they were last year? Wow. So we need to be having constantly, constant evaluation of people, not annual reviews, not quarterly reviews, but literally reviews that are constantly being provided in terms of feedback loops. From a, would you say from a proactive standpoint? Correct. Do not look at it as a corrective or reactive measure, but if you see something in your workforce at the workplace that you don't think is contributing to the greater good of your organization, you should not wait to correct someone after the fact. You should attempt to guide them and be a Sherpa, be a mentor, be a coach, be an advisor, and work with them right away. So that is future, that is nimbleness, that is handling things before the proverbial um, branch becomes a tree trunk, okay? And then the third thing that I would point to that I'm not seeing is I am not seeing enough focus on life people and soft skills, which again are very similar, very, you know, they're, they're synonyms essentially. Mm -hmm. So in other words, inside of your workplace, you should be constantly developing your people. I am not against training, but I believe training and development are two different concepts. And I believe the future of work and future of education is a constant development process. And we need to move away from just pumping in training every so often to being a constant development or what Peter Senge called the learning organization. Right. So right. that would be my third and last part of answering that question. And I really appreciated it. No, and I, and I appreciate that as Jane, I think one of the things and, and, and the way that you're describing it, it's almost like the training. Yes. The training is the training is the training, but the development becomes part of the culture. And that's much more foundational. It's, it, it's much easier for it to, once it's, it's instilled, it just, be, it just sort of bleeds into the entire organization and becomes the standard. Would you say? Exactly. Exactly. Um, I wrote a blog a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. And again, I don't claim that this is original work. It's just my way of framing it. Is I said that any good organization 
should start with their culture first, mm-hmm. where the development, this life, you know, this constant evolving development is absolutely a part of it. Then you overlay a vision on top of that. The vision feeds the strategy and the strategy flows down river to the tactics. So CVST in that order. Mm-hmm. And that is something that I believe applies here to the future of work and the future of education has to be an enabler to this rather mm-hmm. than a subtractor. Oh, brilliant. I love the way you said that. So, so with SBSL, is, is this sort of what you do when you, well, I know that this or, in this organization, you are an educational solutions provider. Tell me a little bit about what you do when you come into an organization um, who has hired you. Okay. We are going to look at an organization as, by definition, being more than one individual. Mm-hmm. So there are two possible forks in the road. And I will elaborate on those in a moment, but I'm going to do what Jim Collins taught me, which is to zoom out for a minute, and then I'll mm-hmm. zoom back in. Mm-hmm. So zooming out, I believe that there should be a simple way to onboard any kind of person, whether you are seeking customers or clients or whether you call them friends, however you wish to, however you wish to refer to folks that are paying you. Mm -hmm. So the simple way that I've come up with that I believe is very easy to explain clarity versus confusion is a very basic intake form that I have online that gives me just the highest of high levels and gets you into my digital um, funnel, into the flow. That leads into a little bit more detailed assessment that has 10 questions that are not meant to be scientific, but it helps me to narrow it down further. And that leads into a proposal that I'll write up, which are almost always customizable. Very rarely is the same proposal given to the same organization more than twice. Mm -hmm. And then if the proposal is agreeable, sign it, and we do the transaction monetarily, and we be in the engagement. So the engagement now, zooming back in, can be either facilitation. I offer four different types of facilitated programming, and I do my best during the consultation. I offer upwards of two hours to decide what makes the most sense, discuss what your issues are, make sure you know about me, um, make sure that I know about the history of the organization, what's your why, um, how'd you get started, etc. And then in that two hours, we determine is it facilitation and which of these four possibilities makes the most sense, or the second part of the fork, is should it be a consulting gig? Consulting for me takes the form again of future of work, future of education hybrid. Mm -hmm. And we define where you are at point A, we define where you wanna go at point B. I estimate how much effort that'll take. And then I give you the proposal that way. So that is the two forks in the road. And that's what a general onboarding looks like. And as a part of that, we're again focusing on this key of lifelong learning. We're focusing on the impartation, the delivery of these all important soft life interpersonal skills. 
And it's all wrapped again in the fact that we want your organization to be prepared for these future trends that were already here before COVID, but COVID in many respects has accelerated almost every single one of them. Yeah. Yeah. COVID hit the nitro, uh, <laughs> the nitro gas switch uh, on a lot of these, a lot of these, these implementations that maybe people were just sitting on the fence about. Uh, that's right. I've compared it to um, a brick on the accelerator, you know, the gas pedal of your mm -hmm. car. Mm -hmm. I've compared it to um, dumping a whole, a whole bottle of lighter fluid on your charcoal grill. That's it. Um, whichever way you can visualize it best, since the human brain processes information better that way, mm -hmm. that's exactly what's going on here. And if you're attempting as an organization to rebuild your workforce, back to exactly how it was before mid-March of 2020, I would urge you to really reconsider that because this is a, a fantastic opportunity to do things way differently and to bring much more humanness back to the organization that was sort of taken away brick by brick over the years because of the industrial age. Mm -hmm. And, and I love the way you phrase that, just bringing back the humanness. And I think if nothing else, what this has done, and I'm seeing it with a lot of organizations out there and the type of, of training and the type of uh, facilitation that they're requiring. Now it's much more holistic-centered, wellness-centered. Um, how, how can we, what can we do to make sure that our team members are really good, that they're doing okay, that they are navigating this, this pivot in a, in a way that is, that, is, that is healthy for them, for lack of a better word. And I'm talking about healthy uh, financial, mental, spiritual, uh, just from a place of, of them enjoying their work, continuing to enjoy their work, even though it's going to look very different for a lot of people. And I think the differences in the way that it looks now versus how it looked before Many of those differences are here to stay. Would you say, SJ? Yes, I really believe it. Because we quietly, and I did a presentation on this on my B2C side of my business with mm -hmm. a bunch of parents before, but it can absolutely be, um, it can absolutely apply to the more commercial industrial um, business side too. And, and what, what, what is that? is I did my best to pull from several thought leaders and I said that there is a continuum of history that led to the present, which is leading into the future. And we have gone through several different ages or eras that I believe the average organization out there, and again, this would apply to any vertical, any sector of our economy, whether you're listening to this in America whether you're listening to this in Canada or anywhere else, is the common bonds are a lot of organizations. And it also could even apply to Eastern as opposed to Western nations as well, different traditions, is we went through these various ages and a lot of people sort of either ignored them or self-deception set in or they didn't know what they didn't know. There's so many different possible biases mm -hmm. and or other things that block them from this knowledge. And we went from a more blue collar industrial age to a white collar industrial age, which, I, which is called the corporate industrial age. Mm -hmm. We moved into an information age when the internet went to the masses. 
we moved into more of a social digital age where people were learning how to communicate with social media. We moved into more of an app-based age where we were communicating and using apps a lot. Mm -hmm. And along the way, the gig sharing economy grew from literally nothing to being, depending on how you measure it, up to about 40% of the economy. Wow. So all these things were going on, but the average organization, it was almost as if they were stuck in quicksand. They weren't moving. And there's a lot of reasons for that. But again, if we're going to look at this COVID-19 era through a positivity lens, mm -hmm. a lens of opportunity, we got to take this and run with it and bring, you know, take these, um, developments and harness them for the greater good of the people that are in your workforce rather than doing things the same way that we did before March of 2020. Absolutely. That's, I, I love the way that you put that. And it really does come down to that, that need to, and I, and I've said this probably a dozen times this year, you know, I, I didn't see a lot of gray here and, and it happened on an organizational level as well. Either people were, we're going to run with this and they're optimistic and they're seeing this as an opportunity to pivot and change things, which was probably in their heart for a while, or they're, you know, trying to just hold on until the wind stops blowing and then they're going to look around and see what's left. And, um, and I, so I love, I love that approach and it really is, it just behooves everyone to, to look at it really from that perspective. So thank you for sharing that, SJ. SJ, if I looked you up in the dictionary, what would it say? Uh, wonderful question. <laughs> All right, give me a moment for you and your audience for a minute. I'm going to do a brief bit of reflection. Mm -hmm. First, it would say that I am... a super connector. I believe that the tapestry of human connectivity, the social capital ladder is so very important to keep a flourishing civil society. So the dictionary must have those two words, super connector for me. Awesome. Another word would be education, and I would hope that there'd be a way to have the Latin derivation definition of it in maybe like a footnote or a super or a subscript. And the definition, and I am not a Latin speaker, so if anyone in your audience is, they can feel free to help me with this, mm -hmm. but it's educar, which is to draw out from within, pull out of, that is me is that's what education should be. It should be a pull instead of a push. Mm. Another word would be, of course, and we've hit this a bit today already, is future or futurist. I believe that the future is very promising as long as we take all these trends and harness them for the good of humanity and we don't look at them as an opportunity to consolidate power or, or use them for coercive purposes or any of those kind of uh, negative things. Mm. Awesome. Another, would be, 
Another would be a historian. Mm. I am a very... I am a very interesting person in the sense, in my reason view, because I believe that the that history informs the future and we're standing in the present. So I am a very, very thankful to be able to say the word historian should also be in the dictionary. And then the last word I would point to would be um, servant. I want to serve people through thoughts as a thought leader, as a servant-minded leader with consciousness and the desire to replicate the gifts and the skills that I have in other people. So those would be my words. I love it. Awesome. Awesome. Really, really good stuff. And I see all of that in you, SJ. Uh, totally just in the in the little time that we've known each other and we've had some great conversations just just totally see that and I know that you have a heart for service and I know that you have a heart for for educating and 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 really for just being a stand for people's success whatever that looks like for them and and putting in your two cents, uh, if you will, in, in, in how you can contribute to that success. So, so I have a, a thing that I like to ask and, and um, you know, I mean, people that know me know I'm a potty mouth, so it is what it is. Uh, so when I ask someone um, what their holy shit factor is, you know, everybody has one, that, that, that thing that makes you super unique. And, and that thing that when people say, or when they hear that about you, or when they realize that that's what you are doing or bringing to the world or to the marketplace, they say, holy shit. Do you know what that is? Ooh. Also called wow. unique. Some people call it unique. I like to. Unique yeah. sell it, or <laughs> some, you could even call it um, a, a USP. Like a, a USP? No, product. God forbid, because why? <laughs> Right, but you want to—you you don't want to make it sound all corporate and lingoish, you right. know. Right, so it's the same it. thing, but you know, exactly. it just sounds or more me, right? <laughs> or superpower. Um, superpower. Wow, that is a wonderful question. Um, I would say it is my my memory for people and places. Mm. Very interesting. I have had people tell me, how did you possibly remember that that's where we met and that's what we spoke about and I can recite it back to them. Wow. And you know, now that you said that, SJ, that's really the, 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 the premise to being a good connector. Because how do you know, and, and what happens is we're out there, we're meeting people, we're networking, we're doing it. Nobody's listening to anybody else. So when you are putting yourself in that position, especially if you have a commitment to being a super connector, you are putting yourself in a position to be a really good listener because the only way you're going to know how you can serve these people is to know what they need. So I love that. And that is truly, that, that is a great holy shit factor to have. I absolutely love that. So SJ, 2020 is around the corner because, hello, we're almost at the uh, tail end of this year. Um, what, is, what, is, what does that look like for you? Well, 
I had a very wise sage suggest to me that I should look to be on many more podcasts next year. Awesome. Sounds like a super smart person. (laughs) Yes. Um, So I am seeking, and if there's folks in this audience that think I can add value to their audience, that would be a pleasure and a privilege of mine to create the time leading myself through my day, week, month, and year to reach more people through this wonderful platform of podcasting. So I see many more podcasts in the next 365 plus days as we move into another new year here relatively soon. Wonderful. Wonderful. I also see an opportunity to take organizations. And again, I will not repeat things from earlier, but I'll just sort of reemphasize and rebuild them brick by brick with a focus again on the human factor. So in other words, it's no longer just work-life balance. That is a more industrial age term. It goes way beyond that. It's an integration. In other words, and I cannot tell you exactly who said this for the first time, but if someone can find it, um, I think it's important to point out as part of my vision for next year. You can either live a work style where you struggle to fit your life in, or you can create, cultivate, and replicate a lifestyle where your work fits in seamlessly. Wow. That. That's, that's freaking cool. I hadn't heard that. That, I believe, is the organization of 2021 through 2049. Nice. Is, it's high time to stop the constant focus on treating people like a social security number mm-hmm. or an employee ID or something. We have to move past that and put that in the rear view fully and then kick up that race car and put some dust on top of it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So okay. that is the second part of my answer. The next would be we need to re-harness some of this fear and some of this anxiety and this um, doubt and worry, and we need to rechannel it into figuring out how we can serve people rather than um, think that this is the permanent way of life, okay? It's not to say that what we've gone through isn't serious. It absolutely is. But we also cannot continue to allow that to um, grow sort of like in a Petri dish and turn into a big old plant. We have Mm -hmm. to stop it right now and rechannel it. So that's what I think 2021 is going to be and beyond is we have to rebuild. And then the last thing is, is we have to use this opportunity. So if you're a parent or a grandparent or a family business or a multitude of other people in the audience, look through the lens of your children and your grandkids or your neighbor kids or, or whatever other kind of kids that you encounter and be a better example for them and do your very best to leave them a better world, which is to challenge the educational status quo 
and do not be fearful if you make a choice that is different than someone who might be living next to you. Wow. So that would be my last true hope for 2021 and beyond. Bravo. I, I, I absolutely, I love the Petri dish example and it's true SJ. We, we have to move on. We have to move on and no better time than the present, but I, I just love that. See what I mean, guys, you see what I mean? What I was telling you about SJ, when I was introducing him and, and SJ, I, again, I'm so grateful for you making the time. Can you tell our audience how they can find you? What's the best way to get a hold of you? And I'll, I'll share the, the call letters when we post this, but um, how, what's the best way to reach you? Uh, thank you for the opportunity. Um, and it would be a pleasure to connect, converse, and um, collaborate and serve and solve, of course, with mm -hmm. anyone. So I will share my top um, three ways. And please understand that this is not one of your top three. I am very flexible and I will make it work somehow so we can communicate. But my top three would be through LinkedIn. You can look me up under SJ Barracconi, SJ being my name, not initials. And the last name is spelled B as in boy, A-R-A-K-O-N-Y. And it's a very unique last name, very unique first name. So it should be pretty easy to find me on LinkedIn. Just mention that you listened to this episode and that'd be wonderful. Second would be through email. My primary email is SJ, my first name, at SBSamboySLSamLarry dot, and imagine this, dot education. Nice. So SJ at SBSL.education. And then the third way would be um, through. I would say the third way would be um, by finding me and giving me a call or sending me a text message. And my phone number is 614-668-3942. I love to use WhatsApp as a wonderful platform that Facebook owns that I use. And again, please mention that you heard of me through this podcast. So I don't think you're just calling me to sell me something. <laughs> Um, but those would be my top three slash four ways to reach me. And I would be more than happy to create more connections and relationships and uh, grow social capital. So thank you for that opportunity to share that. Sure. Wonderful. I really appreciate you, SJ. Okay, folks, you heard it here. Um, get in touch with SJ. I promise you, you want to follow him if you are active on LinkedIn uh, jump on there and trust me, he's a wealth of information. So I encourage you to do that. He said, it's very easy to find. You're not going to find a million uh, people with his name that you're going to have to dig through. Trust me. Um, if you can. And, and again, he gave you his number. So, so be sure to reach out SJ. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you again. And, um, all right, folks, I want you to go out there and do good, be great and go play outside. Have fun, everyone.